Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award-winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free, and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Thanks again for everyone for tuning in. Appreciate you guys. Obviously, the first episode since my trip to Europe uh, was out last week. So if you haven't tuned into that with Chocks Chat, please do. He's a hilarious man. And we spoke on all matters, comedy, but also mental health, which was uh, you know, a different stream, Brady. I didn't expect that to come into it, which was uh, a really, really powerful conversation. But I tell you what, everyone knows I'm a football man, a football guy, a Melbourne victory man as well. Um so I've been pretty excited for this one and been trying to get this man on for a while. So I'm glad the clubs uh, cooperated and the man's agreed to come on. But the magician of midfield, Jakey Brimo, how are you, mate? Good, buddy. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Have you done a podcast before? Um, I think one maybe a while ago, but not for a really Man, long time. what are these podcast outlets doing? As if they're not coming for you after last season, bro. Yeah, look, it was a, it was a good season, but we'll see. Did you expect the, the year you had last year going into it? Uh, yes, I did, to be honest. I knew... Obviously, when we finished bottom of the ladder at Victory the previous year, I knew it was a big, um, as much as it was bad for, for the club and whatnot, but it was still sort of a breakout season for me. I started, you know, getting into like the goals and assists side of thing. And then obviously with Popper coming in, working with him, I knew that was another big year. And yeah, that just took over and you started to see my confidence on the pitch. Mate, huge. So you came the year before Popper came. So you experienced like the, I guess the meltdown in a way or yeah. the time where it was really tough for all Victory and Victory fans and stuff. Yeah, big time. It was the toughest time in my career. Yeah. You know, mentally, hard, physically, bro. and, you know, as a team and, you know, supporting the club as well. Since I was a young boy, to go through that was a disaster. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you, man, you're still so young. I can't, I can't believe, but I do want to touch on last season before we get into like your individual, um, sort of goals, but you'd probably be pretty happy with last season considering the year before FFA Cup, obviously the bowed out in the semis to to Western, which was a bit disappointing after the first league and your cracker of a goal. But overall, were you happy with how the club kind of progressed? Yeah, big time. Like I said just before about like where we were the previous year to what we achieved last year and, you know, to drop out in the semi-final was very heartbreaking, but from where we were to where we came was... A massive lift for the club. Yeah. Do you think that what the two legs? Did you, did you like? That's a weird one for me. All of a sudden, there's two legs. Like it's Champions League and it's single legs. We had them. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was definitely something I've never experienced before. Obviously, yeah. having played at Perth when I was at Perth, and you know, it was a knockout. We beat Adelaide in the knockout game, and then to play Western United in a two leg, it was a bit different. But you know, like the other teams as well, Melbourne City versus. Who was it? Um, uh, Adelaide? Yeah, Melbourne City, Adelaide. They had to go through it as well. Yeah, so, true. You know, like at the end of the day, the the league had put that on and we were just very, very bad in that second second league, which was disappointing. I think um, I remember like, what was it? How many young, how many games unbeaten did Victory go last year? There was this period 16. where it was ridiculous. Yeah, I think 16. Popper like got coach of the year, but like based off those 16 games. Really, well, yeah, that's like... I mean, I think it was after the Japan game when yeah, we played yeah. over in Asian Champions Yes, League. yes, yeah, that's right. I think we came back and I'm pretty sure we played City in two days after we flew back from Japan. And that was the, the start of that run where we, you know, we were the team to beat all year. And, you know, me as a player, I was so confident going into every single game after that because, you know, when you come off a plane for 17 hours, 16 hours of travel and with all the COVID testing and stuff like that to then ah. play Melbourne City, the, the benchmark of the league and yeah. to you know, dominate the game. Yeah. That was when I knew that, you know, we've got something special here at this club and 
and then yeah, to fall out in that semi final oh, was, hurts, it hey. was heartbreaking. Yeah. I actually thought like going into the finals, like fuck, man, because we had a few like obviously the home like most games are going to be at Amy. I was like, oh, victory's a chance, real chance here. But it was just like that's what it is, man. Just one one off night. That's they were they were hot. Like with the scored in, I think they scored for like the first few minutes off a corner was yeah. just like out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it was tough. Oh, just on that uh, game in Asia, that was against Vissel Kobe, right? Correct. It was against Iniesta. Yes, bro. What I was did that? get his top. Did you I get his, his top? top? Yeah, got it. Got his top signed as well, which was oh. yeah. Me as a footballer, I've, he's probably my biggest idol in terms of positioning and where I play. Correct. And to you know, sort of go up to him after the game and ask him was something that I'll, I'll remember. <laughs> Dude, surely everyone in the change room was trying to run yeah, you down I, for that. Honest, I wouldn't I have. I wouldn't have been happy with room. that. <laughs> I was sat there just you know, man, marking him in his change room. <laughs> and just yeah, just waited out the front of uh, for him to come out and sort of just asked him, "Do you mind?" I feel like you and him? you and I, because you're you're a number ten. I was like a number eight midfielder, but his style of play, like. I, I don't know. I just appreciate his game so much. Was was he still like? Could you still see it? Or how old is he? He'd be like yeah, late thirties now. Thirty eight. I'm pretty sure he is now. But he still you still good. can't touch him. You can't touch him. <laughs> like you cannot get near him. And you know the difference between obviously the A League to go and playing over there. And to be fair, I feel like we're a bit uh, hard undone by in yeah. a way. Do you know what I mean? Like we we got the equalizer and then we went two one up and then they scored and then we scored it's and then we scored and it was just yeah it was a, it was a top game do you know what I mean but it was just again disappointing we we fell out of that as well but to obviously come back and where we finished on the league and you know chasing that premier's plate as well was it was very tight and, oh man you know one game away but I know but it's like a big year so ahead yeah. big year ahead but mate to close out the year now I I mean I saw this coming earlier in the season but um, it seems like you may have too, but to being crowned the Johnny Warren medalist, I think at the age of 24, the youngest player in A-League history, youngest player since Mark Viduka, like that's not a small feat. Um, yeah, that was seven, seven goals, eight assists, eight goals, seven assists, something yeah, like that. I think in total, I think it was seven, seven possibly. Which, which like people may think, oh, they're smaller numbers. That's a massive number in A-League goal, in A-League games terms. Like yeah. that we don't play 50, 60 games here. We play no, like correct. 20. Yeah, that's right. So. <laughs> yeah, look. Did I think I was going to win it? Honestly, I had no idea. I, you know, we got my partner up to Sydney and it was, you know, something that we got to Just like do. a bit of fun. Just, just <laughs> her and I. And then, yeah, they did that tally count where it's like, you know, seven games, seven and then seven. So it was like a little circle they do of, all right, the votes go up here after first seven games. And then oh, so the they didn't seven. do it each game. So it was no, just like out of nowhere. It was, new, it, was a, it was a new like way they wanted to run it where it was like all – enclosed and it wasn't like a set table dining ah, sort of thing so it was okay. more so that everyone could interact so they did it just to get through it quicker and just see how it was like for the years to to come and and what else so it was like i was winning i think the first one and then i was behind by two in the the last one and i knew that my last seven games were crackers like probably my best yeah sort of games towards the end of the year and from that point I was that's like, why you fancy i'm in a chance yeah i was like i was like shit myself because i had to get up and speak and i you know i didn't expect at all to go so up no one even it. like not even no one, no one at the club knew to whisper in your ear like, nah, like be on here. they they knew Oh, but they didn't but, uh, tell they, you. They mic'd me up, but I had no idea. I thought he was just doing it for content for the <laughs> victory, you know, the presentation thing they're doing, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. The video they're yeah, doing. Yeah. And I just thought it was just for that, just to put into the thing. And I had no idea. And then they called me out. And I had no idea what to say. Hey. Far out, man. It's a, incredible. Like, what was the feeling after that? You, did you just feel like this elation, buzzing, yeah, all the hard work, buzzing. sacrifice you've done? Exactly that. Yeah. I think, you know, after... Obviously, you'll touch base on later, but the family side of things and yeah, man. obviously what I went through through that year to, 
then win that medal was something that was, you know, so special for me because of the stuff that's happened. Correct, you know, man. Life, so. Yeah, man. You've got a you've got a pretty uni- unique life. I might just before we touch on that, I do want to talk about like your position. It's not a it's not an easy position. It's a key position in every team. And and for those that don't watch enough of football, the number ten position sort of in behind the strikers, it's kind of what we class as like your creative playmaker. That's the man you go watch, the man that puts bums on seats in my eyes. And it's always, like, to be honest, I, when I was going to watch Victory and as funny, an ex-player, Rashid Mahazi, we both absolutely love your game because uh, you just make it look easy. You're jinking, <laughs> you know, you've you got tidy feet, quick feet, dropping the shoulders, little things like that. I love when players come try yeah. you know, just and, and they're gone. <laughs> but um, a big part of that is goals and assists. Uh, do you put pressure on yourself with numbers for, for that sort of stuff? Or are you kind of more just focused on the game and the, and the actual play of the game and the flow of the game? Look, I definitely think it's something that I need to improve on. You, you know, like last year was a bit better than the year before and I definitely want to aim for bigger and better things this year with those sort of numbers. But is it something that I put pressure on myself? Probably not, no. I think at the end of the day, if I'm involved in some sort of thing that helps get a goal or helps the team win, I think that's more what I base my um, sort of positioning in in terms of the number 10 role because – you know, I can definitely get goals and assists, but if I'm, you know, pressing someone and they lose the ball and they give it to my player and they score, like, mm. you know, I've done my job for the team anyway. So yeah, correct. But I definitely do want to um, gain some more goals and assists because you know, as a number ten, you want to score. Yeah, and you correct. Want to assist, so well, you've got mate, you got some, um, you got some ripping goals last year. Like for me, I I think people don't understand the art of free kicks. Like it's a, it's not an easy I defy anyone to go out there and try hit two two or three in a row in a consistent fashion. But was there any particular that stood out to you? I mean, your goal against Weston in the semi was was something else. But even some of the free kicks you hit a few weeks leading into that, I think were like key moments against big teams that yeah, look, settled games. I think I the think, derby as well, maybe. Yeah. Um, there was a Derby one where I hit the quick free kick yeah. and got the assist. But I think the biggest one for me would have been, obviously the semi was very good, but I think the Sydney one, because at that point, you yeah. know, it was still tight at the top of the table and I needed to produce something. It was one all at the time and, you know, I've stood up and put it in. That was probably the biggest one for me because that sort of gave us momentum to go on and win that game comfortably. So for that, it was probably the biggest one for me. Mate, so how, how often, let's talk about your free kicks because – it's it's such a niche um, part of the game that people consider. Like I mean, talk about James Ward Prowse. Like he's such a good footballer for Southampton, but everyone just talks about his set pieces. Like it it can affect a game that much when you're that deadly from it. And you you're not just like it's not just something you've just picked up this year. You've scored them for the Oli Rouge. You've scored them in years leading. How how often would you have been practicing your set pieces? Like what sort of drove you to want to be a dead ball specialist in a sense? I think it was my technique. Honestly, I think I never really thought. I was someone that would take free kicks and then obviously with the technique that I have, it was something that I started really practicing when I was actually over in the UK with Trent, funny enough. And we <laughs> really? To, yeah, we used to have like free kick um, challenges as such and see who was better and we always used to say he was better, I was better, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah, that was really the, the tipping point where I was like, yeah, you know what, I can start taking free kicks and it's a massive advantage because if you can score three, four free kicks a year, then, you know, they're goals that, aren't just yeah. easy goals. Like no, they, no, no. You know, it's something that is hard to do. So, And I do think I need to get some easier ones because obviously my last five or six... <laughs> well, yeah. You're goals, on pens so. though, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on pens. I mean, that's helpful. Well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That helps as well, but. <laughs> I think you've earned the right though to yeah. be on them too. Yes and no. <laughs> yes <laughs> and no. I missed one last 
two weeks ago against Andy. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah so. but apparently the, the lead up to it was like all you as well or something of that nature or, or something. I can't uh, recall. No, someone did something dazzling. I read I it on that. I, I was overseas. I, yeah. Yeah, I, well, I really no, one's, no one's at Dandenong Thunder's ground. That's all right. <laughs> no, no I just save for the league. So yeah, that's right, that, yeah. mate. Save for the big crowd. <laughs> Speaking of um the crowds, like the atmosphere around victory really shifted last year and I obviously got a bit closer to the club doing some work around Victory TV and just like through the offices felt like the energy and like Popper's presence is felt through everyone, like oh, yeah. from the admin to, you know, you and yeah. Lewis Nani, for example, like yeah. everyone feels it in the club and obviously the results were going well. So it's a good place to be around, but you were here when it wasn't going so well and you've worked with Popper before. What What is it about him that essentially changes like the culture and impact and was able to do it, I guess, so quickly? I think it's his mentality. I think that's probably the biggest um, factor of of him is that you know he's a hard worker and he'll push you and push you and if you give back then you you know you buy into him you're guaranteed success yeah like you've seen that wherever he goes like he's won the Asian Champions League he's won premiers plates he's won everything do you know what I mean yeah. obviously not the final yet and that's to come this year yeah, but correct um yeah he's just guaranteed success with him because he's such a hard worker and if you if you buy into that and give him your all he'll give you his all so yeah yeah you know like I'm a strong believer in him and I believe in him more than any other coach I've ever worked with do you know what I mean because yeah he's just he you guaranteed success like yeah you really are he's um I think one of the things I, I most noted when he was coming I'm like because Victory the the year before your first year we copped a lot of goals oh, yeah. and I was like when Papa comes, that's not going to happen. Like the first thing, the defensive clogs are going to be like locked up. But it's also what I noticed with you, he gets like, he gets the best out of you and you, he really trusts you in the sense of like, you've got the freedom to really be Jake Brimmer and, and flourish. Like just want to kind of understand that. Cause I'm sure you've, you've been around long enough and been, you know, in different parts of the world playing at a higher level where you can understand working with coaches where you don't always get that backing. Yeah. Like how, how powerful has that been for you? Oh, massively. Like if you got the backing of a coach, then, you know, you go out on that pitch and you know that you have the freedom to be able to, you know, you're a footballer yourself. And when you have that backing to be able to play your style and play the way you want to play, that gives you so much confidence. Like I can't express yeah. how much, you know, having the backing of a coach helps to go out there and just do your thing, like go out and do your thing. Yeah. And for me, him coming in and obviously I worked my ass off in preseason, last preseason and this preseason, but to then go out there and get the backing of him to go out and play in front of a big stadium and mm. show my thing was massive. Like yeah. it, it's massive. What's he? What's he like? But behind, uh, I guess, between the four walls, because we always see like a very stern character, and we feel like the competitive edge, and he's he's like fired up always. And but what's he like? Particularly getting the best out of you. Like, is he talking to you one on one? Is it man management? Is he more just like, you know, just selecting you every week, and that's where you know he's got confidence in you? Um, I think he he would chat to you individually. Um, I think just his presence, you know, you have to work hard. Yeah, like it's not. It's so a true. matter of um, you have to do your own thing to motivate yourself. Like his presence will motivate you to to mm. do your best. Yeah, and like you touched on it before about the defense the previous year to to last year. Yeah, and um, last year we were the the best defensive team and the, had the yeah. best defensive. And the record. year before the worst. Yet he's come in um, this year and still said that we need to be better. Really? Like regardless of we were the best defensive team, we still like was not happy about being the numbers we copped and 
that just shows you a bit of an insight on how like demanding he is and how professional he is in, in what he does. Yeah. Have you noticed like, I mean, Victory's probably arguably the most professional club in the A-League, but just the professionalism, the standards he's set since he's come in. I mean, even for yourself, you strike me as someone that's quite a professional guy in general anyway, but um, have you seen the standards raised on that front? Yeah, big time. And that's not only the football uh, side of things. That's, you know, the backroom staff, the admin yeah. staff, the physios, the sports scientists, everything. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone is on the same page. And I think that's probably where we win over a lot of clubs here yeah. in the A-League is that, you know, everyone's on board and want success, uh, to get success together. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that you, you sort of see behind the four walls that a yeah. lot of people won't see is Correct. that the camaraderie between every single person involved at the club. You know, the um, this is actually a true story, but I, I – when I first got asked to do Victory TV and people knew I was a Victory fan and stuff, but like I thought Victory TV, it's a very small component of Victory, like not really relevant, maybe for the fans and stuff, even though it was a whole lot of fun. But just even that, I got an email from Caroline, who's the managing director saying, hey, the chairman wants to meet you. Chairman? Like this is the big dog of the club. I'm like, really? <laughs> Victory TV wants to meet me. So anyway, go in there. And I know all the history of the club and, and he loved that, but he still wanted to meet me and take me through the whole history of the club, understand the club, what it's all about. And I was so, so taken back and he's like, Hey, this is like a family club. I was like, yeah, like, okay. But then I was like, once I went to a few chairman's functions, once I went to a few games, walked around like the offices, I'm like, fuck it. I see what he means, yeah. man. Big time. It's a fucking great club, man. Big time. And yeah. to be honest, I can't obviously speak of previous years apart from the ones that well, either can I've I been really, involved to be in. Honest. Yeah. But like what I've seen since Pop has been in is obviously what you've seen now. And it's such like everyone is together. Like it really is. You know, a lot of people will turn around and be like, oh, this is a family club. This is a family club. But I really believe that. Yeah. You know, if you're involved at Melbourne Victory, you're all one. Yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's true, to be a part of it. It's, like, it's it really awesome. Is. Awesome. For you now and... I think like what I'm interested in the way I think is you've had such a good year last year, seven goals, eight assists, whatever it was, obviously a big part of this team. When you've when you've achieved what you have at a young age, obviously winning the FFA Cup, getting close to the premiership, individually when you come into these pre-seasons, I think we spoke before we came on how long they are yeah. in the A-League, what's like Jake Brimmer thinking of of like these are the areas I want to improve on, these are the these are the things I'm going to focus on in pre-season. Like what's your mentality coming in with your game? First of all, to get fit. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty fit as it is, but to get fitter and fitter and make sure that, you know, like I sort of go off. I got told in England that if you can get through a full preseason healthy, unfit, I mean fit and mm. not no injuries, then you pretty much guaranteed to go the whole season without an injury. And that's sort of my like focus. That's always been my focus is that, you know, get my body right, ready for the season and mm. sort of so then I push on um, and hopefully do better and bigger things uh, this coming season. Yeah, man. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Um, I think one of the things I noted with you as well, I don't know if you can really like be aware of this as a player, but you, you might not realize it. I think you would realize it, but like you always seem to score or do something in the big moments, the pressure moments of the games. Like whenever the penny's dropping, have you not realized that? No, not really. No. <laughs> See, I was going to say, I bet you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, even if it's 30 minutes in, it's like, I'm watching the game and the flow of the game. And it's like, fuck, not, not much is breaking yet. And then bang, free kick goal. And like victory floodgates open or like the penalty comes or whatever it may be, a little pass that might not end to a goal, but it changes momentum. Like, yeah. do you, do you like those moments? Oh, you, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, there'll be, for instance, that Western United one, the free kick, I but think that was probably prime example. A good example of what you're saying because I don't I think we were on the back foot for majority of that, you know, first half we were we were awful. And, and that was the difference that in the gave whole game. us 
a bit of a chance. Obviously, we ended up losing that game 4-1, but it gave us a chance at that one all to sort of go and get a hold on the game. Yeah. But, yeah, obviously being able to to break a line and make a pass that changes the game is obviously very impacting for the team. Are you a little bit um, excited for, I guess, the, the front line you've got this year? I mean, oh, yeah. Tommy Urich, Daggers, we can't forget Nani. Yeah. Obviously, Falam, you've got a pretty elite um, front line, which for you, because you know you're going to find them, Correct. but now you're also going to get the runs as well. Correct. Well, I think the impact that Nani's brought already, you know, his professionalism, like we talk about what Popper brings and stuff, but I think a player of his like ability and what he's known for and stuff like that. You see him and he's still the most shredded player in the team. <laughs> is he and really? Yeah, like his skin folds are like 27 what? or something. What? Is he eating, man? <laughs> like the guy, but like, yeah, his professionalism and what he brings to this team. Like I'm just building like a sort of relationship with him now in terms of the movements on the pitch and mm. what he wants, what I want, and we're sort of building our games around each other to help each other. But yeah, like our front line this year is scary. Like Fuck, it, man. even like, you know, you look at the players that are gonna miss out that are gonna be on the bench. Like, Correct. you know, you've got players coming on that Depth. will play in any other team in the league. So yeah. I'm very excited. What very can excited. we just start like talking about Nani for those I mean, if you don't know, geez, go Google, please. But <laughs> please. Um, he's a champion. Oh my god, if you don't know, that's a concern. But and he's a he's a big deal. You just have to go on his Instagram, look at his following. But from a footballing perspective, he won the Champions League, uh, he won the European Championship, he's bloody He's won Premier Leagues. He's won so many titles. Played for Manchester United for probably over ten years. Yeah. Went there as a kid, came out a man type thing. But what's he? What's he actually like for, on the football field? Like, is he a silent guy? Is he demanding? Is his ability just so loud that like that does the talking? I think yeah. It's sort of like I sort of not saying we have the same sort of CV or anything, but like you're just you of, are like that. <laughs> you're a silent guy. That foot feet do the talking. But, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think he's someone like that. Yes, he yeah. will obviously say his bit and pieces uh, throughout the game and whatnot, or throughout training and stuff. But he's someone that shows his talking through his football. Yeah. Yeah. He's um everyone around the club's already said like how humble and nice he is as oh, well. Yeah. Which is um I was like, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, there was a few nervous boys when they <laughs> came in. Yeah, there was a few nervous boys, but yeah, he's just like one of us, you know what I mean? The guy's running to not be late for lunch to get a fine and really I think that for me that you know, sums up how good he was gonna be for this team because, you know, when you have someone that is running to not be late for lunch and is buying into our Sort of, bro. I can't believe that the, this guy would have been making so much money a week, and he's running to lunch, not get a fifty to a hundred dollar fine. Yeah. What a lad, Nani! Yeah. Oh, we can't wait for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to take a quick pause in this episode, which I hope you're enjoying to acknowledge our partners. Now, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Now, none of us like having sweaty sacks, and the king of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have actually spent two years designing some pretty cool boxer briefs. Now, I have had the opportunity of wearing these boxer briefs, and they are some of the softest and most comfortable fabric that I have ever wore in any underwear. I do support uh, what they do from a holistic part of their products. I've used a lot of their products and they are fantastic. But their new boxer briefs specifically, they actually give you gills on your groins so they're breathable. So I implore you to get out there, use our discount code to to start purchasing them. Uh, You'll get 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the discount code UNLACED on manscaped.com. That's unlaced at manscaped.com for 20% off and worldwide free shipping. So get some boxer brief and some other product while you're at it. Let's get back into the episode. Speaking of just, uh, well, I guess your your life and a little bit off the field, and uh, for obviously a lot of people don't know, you went through some challenging stuff over the, the last couple of years or so, but 
it's amazing to me because I'm 29 and I fucking start to realize <laughs> that maybe I need to get my shit together because I've had a few athletes on. Like we had Jack Crisp on who plays for Collingwood. He'd be 26, 27. He's got two girls and they're like not good. They're like going into primary school and stuff. <laughs> and you are obviously a father of, of two as well. Um, yeah, or three, sorry. Yeah, three. three, yeah, at, 20, at 24, which is, <laughs> it, it blows me away. But just just want to talk about like family life and obviously being a young father and some of the challenges you went through. Just like, can you explain how that's been for you? It's been, it's been tough, but um, look, the way I see it now is that, you know, I have three beautiful, healthy girls. Yeah. And that sort of motivates me. Like, you know, I'm their role model in a way, you know what I mean? Obviously, my partner as well, being a mom, she's a role model, but it motivates me on the pitch. Like, I can't. Yeah. You know, I, they come to every game and, you know, seeing them up in the stand, I have to show them how good I am and I have to, you know, sort of show off in a way to, you know, to to make them happy. But that's helped me, you know, with life and obviously with football as well. What what do you think, um, I guess, helped in that sense? Like just to click a bit deeper, maybe life and football will probably ask on both, but what do you feel has like really changed or what it's really impacted for you, like on a personal level? Um. The one thing that one thing that really struck me, and this is just an example why I asked that, is Arsene Wenger. He used to have this like philosophy because I had a friend who was playing at Arsenal, and I was like, "Man, what's he like?" And he's like, he's got this thing with all younger players. He loves them to be in a relationship because a they don't go out, and b their karma off like you know, it's a good relationship, but their karma on the uh, off the field, which yeah. impacts good performances on the field. Yeah, you know what? That's not a bad shout because you know, like I've. I'd say I'm young, I've got three kids and stuff, but I did, you know, used to go out quite a bit and you know, I had my mates and stuff and I'd stay up late, et cetera. But obviously that's matured me now with having kids and I think that's a big point because you, yeah. you don't find yourself doing the stuff that isn't going to help you as a footballer and it definitely does keep you calmer and, yeah, like I said, they just motivate you to to do good and to do them proud. <laughs> What's Jake Brimmer like as a dad? What's he like? Unreal. Three girls, man. Are you cra- are you dying for a boy there? Just I am, someone you can bend the ball around the wall look, with. <laughs> I don't know. Like they're all got their own different personalities. Yeah. Like my oldest one's a proper girly girl, and then the middle one's an abs- Like she should have been a boy. Like she yeah. really should have been. And then obviously the young one, we still don't know like what her personality is going to be like yeah. yet. But. Another one? No. Uh, Twenty four. I reckon you get the itch. (laughs) You've still got so much time on your side. Yeah, but but if I get another girl, then it's another one. Then you're going to be training that girl to start doing free kicks. She's not going to have a choice. The poor thing. But um, just to go through, I mean, your your celebration. I think it's tilted around your children. Is that that right? My my two year old. Um, she was profound deaf at birth, and obviously she couldn't hear at all. And then. Got to about eight months. We we're going to get the surgery done for cochlear implants um, when she was six, but that was during like the COVID period. So it was very difficult to find, like, to get a surgeon that was doing surgery for infants as such that had problems with ears and et cetera, because they were more based on, like, I don't know, the rules with the government and stuff mm. were like, unless it's severe and whatnot. It was like a, three different classes of which you can Shit. and can't get and stuff. And then, Got to about eight, nine months and we got the surgery done. So yeah, my obviously my celebration's yeah, based man, it's, on, it's on made, her it's not famous being able here. To hear and yeah. It's well, a, our best wishes to to your little ones as well, mate. But um yeah, no, one of the one of the things that amazed me was um just like for you going through that really challenging bit, like you're, you're young, man, like yeah. 23, 24, going through that, being a father, but then also having to back it up on the field. Like some people don't really, and I'm sure the people in the club would have been well aware yeah. of this, but like the general sort of football fan, they don't understand what that's like. No, definitely not. And, you know, I'm not someone that will go out and 
say, listen, I've got a problem here and here. Nah, and yeah. Like I sort of like to keep to myself and deal with my problems myself, which probably doesn't help in a yeah, way. But, but we're all the same. Yeah. You know, like obviously that period of time with my daughter being profoundly deaf and to go through that and, you know, the sleepless nights that because of the surgery and yeah. God knows what she was going through, but, you know, to be there to support her throughout the night and then to be able to back it up on the pitch and obviously it'd be said now, but my dad being diagnosed with MND as well, that yeah. was very, very challenging for me and my family at the time. And, you know, to back up all these things and to train and play well was why that winning that Johnny Warren was something special for me because, but, yeah. you know, it's – a lot of people don't see what you go through off the pitch and, you know, they think it's if you're a footballer, you, you live in the absolute dream, but there's also adversity through through it and that's how you get through it. Yeah, but life life hits anyone. It doesn't matter who you yeah. are, right? It's It's been a challenging period, but that's why I'm, I'm very proud of what you've been able to achieve. And when I, when I mentioned, like, for all the hard work, it's the sacrifice that goes on from also Correct. your family members for you too. Like, oh, yeah. it's it's reward for them, which is pretty special. Now, my uh, first run-in with... The name Jake Brimmer. I think I was on the back of my last A-League contract, so I was I was on the absolute down spiral. But you were on the up spiral <laughs> because I heard about this boy from Nunawading getting signed to Liverpool, and I'm thinking, what the fuck has that happened? So please give me some explanation to that. For those that don't know, Jakey was in the on the books for Liverpool Academy 2014 to 2017. Correct. Yes, three years. Liverpool do not sign anyone in their academies, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So this is a big deal. So how the hell did that happen? Yes, yeah, so I. Th- I'm pretty sure it could have either been the state big team or the victory youth team. I can't remember exactly which game it was, but I remember a friend of my dad's that was an agent at the time was telling me that he needs to find a player to come watch. And the guy told my dad that it was me and a Barry Hunter, his name was the scout from Liverpool. Shout out Barry. Shout out to Barry. (laughs) Look, you changed my life. And, um, yeah, he came out and watched watched the game and after 45, you know, I seen him walking off and I was like, oh no, I've not done well enough. Like he's gone already. And then like three days later, he gets an email saying like, we want him to come over and trial, come trial here. Like I seen enough in 45 minutes. I, I left because it was, he's very, very talented. Wow. And come over. Mic and then, drop move. That is. I think that was around, it could have been February. It would have been about February in 2014. And how old are you at this point? I would have been... 15, 14, 15. Wow, I guess yeah, 14 so 15. young. And then once I had gone over there, it would have been around April. And then before you knew it, I was on the plane back to Australia and packing my bags to go over there in June. Fire. And it was just like that. It happened so quickly that, you know, I was actually at the tipping point of just not going because at that point I was with my mates and, you know, I was doing yeah. what boys do and, and stuff like that. And I remember telling dad that, like, I'm not going over, like, I'm not doing it. Like I've got too much to lose here. And correct. He sort of turned around and said to me, "Don't be an idiot. Like <laughs> you, you're going over there." And I was like, "Nah." Yeah, man. And then he's like, "Don't make the same mistake that I did when I was younger." So that really hit me hard. You know, my old man saying that, and that was when I was like, "What am I doing?" Like, so that was like a sliding Liverpool. doors moment yeah. for you, like Big Liverpool time. or on the piss with the lads. Yeah, literally, <laughs> you made the right choice. Do you know what though? I think back then, I reckon it's changed now because there's a lot more academies and. I guess, opportunities for young players to get into some better environments. Yeah. But at 14, 15 back then, if you didn't make the AIS no. or you weren't in like a young national team, you kind of had to go overseas or else you're playing NPL. Well, it was a tough decision for me because back then I did get offered at the AIS. I did and, you as well. But I 
believed in my coach, Greg Mangonis, at the time. He was... Oh, so you turned down the AAS? Yeah, I turned down the AAS and they said... Brimmer's a like, different cat, man. <laughs> Brimmer's <And> a, <laughs> a different cat. They produced Maduka and God knows who. He's going, ah, nah, I'm good. Because <laughs> I believed in like this... I had a very, very technical coach that believed in... And Ange obviously knew Greg at the time because his son was playing... And Ange was first in coach center victory, Yes, right? correct. And his son was playing at Nutter Wadding as well. So Ange was sort of involved... Okay. At Nutterwadding in a way because he, his son was there and he knew the coaching staff and stuff. And I, I turned down the AIS and I remember him telling me like, all right, you're never playing for Australia again. Yeah, and that's like, what they're like, man. You, you're done like here. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's fine. But I believe in this guy and I believe in this philosophy that, you know, I'm going to improve as an individual here. And yeah, and then all of a sudden I'm off on the plane to, to Liverpool. So it was funny how that all worked. And yeah. Fuck, man. You know, it's crazy. I actually had the same thing when um. I was couldn't get a game for Adelaide and I finally started getting games and then an Ollie Roos camp came up and I was like, oh no, Young Soccer Roos camp came up and I went to Cosy. I was like, Cosy, I don't really want to go. Like, I want to go, but like, I haven't really cracked it as a pro footballer. Now's my chance. He's like, do you, do you want me to call the coach? I said like, well, I don't know if it's the right thing, but I want to play. He goes, yeah. leave it with me. Called the coach and then I get a call from Han Berger, who's a technical director. You'll never play for Australia again if you don't go. <laughs> <laughs> I went and fucking yeah, played sweet. like 20 more games career done. <laughs> so, okay, good for you, man. Because I, I think you're uh, – I actually, look, call me left field here and I, I don't know how you'll take this, but like World Cup? I definitely – that's my goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whether it happens or not, I'm not too sure. I just want to keep performing and sort of give the coaching staff and the, the staff over there at the soccer is no choice in a yeah. way. Um, obviously, it'd be my dream to be at a World Cup, but obviously, it'd be my first time representing Australia as well. So. Yeah, which, do you know what? Like, uh, and I, I'm not going to want you to, obviously, we all want you to play for the soccer is, but I was, I was just shocked that you weren't there already. I mean, 24, best player in the league. Yeah, I know you're knocking on you're knocking on the door. It was very disappointing. Um, I had that chat with the boss as well, and he sort of asked me like, "Are you disappointed?" And I was like, "Yeah, very." And he was mm. like, "Yeah, good." Use because we thought, yeah, and like you said, yeah, I'll be I'll be using that sort of the drive of not making that team last time to motivate me to to make sure I'm in it this time. I love that you haven't flinched that. Like, yeah, yeah. straight away, I was like, I thought you were going to bounce <laughs> around. There. He's gone, no, nah, I want to be there. That's <laughs> shout out, mate. I you had it here first, guys. Jake Brimmer to the World Cup. I've been thinking <laughs> it for ages, but let's hope, man. I just think even you, just for your own game, I'm like, just get it get in the camps and everything. Yeah. Like, it's only going to be like they'll see Definitely. your quality. Exactly. I think you would compliment Hustich so well um, in there. The you, you two as those sort of number tens, but just to go back to Liverpool, because I don't think we in Australia understand the context of like how good these academies are, the facilities, oh, yeah. the quality, the standards that are set. Obviously you're training, you would have been there when I think maybe Stevie G was on yeah. the outer or the, the team would have just been, you know, pretty, pretty elite. Um, but just to go through the levels of what it's like, the nature of the academies, if you can talk us through that. Well, look at, at 18, under 18s, I'm getting fed like a buffet lunch and <laughs> breakfast and stuff like that. So that's just like a little the Louis V there, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, just like the, the academy set up, like there's about 10 to 12, you know, absolute bowling ball, bowling lanes, like pitches, like it's just perfect. Yeah. And then you've got like the under 23s have like your own sort of cabin at the back. That's just like a world-class elite change room and then you've got like about seven to eight different change rooms for like yeah under 18s to 17 16s there's like 14s under 12 change rooms yeah, and stuff like mental. that and then you've got like two artificial pitches you've got a massive gym and like you know like i'm <laughs> under 18 under 16s when i first went over there and i'm having like lunch and breakfast like buffet breakfasts and stuff like that and it's just 
so different to obviously yeah. growing up here. And I think that's what shocked me when I got there is because like I never got introduced to like your gym and yeah, like, yeah all that yeah, sort of stuff. Like, I never got to sat, sit down and have like a breakfast and, <laughs> and I was having freaking chicken schnitzel before a game <laughs> yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, sausage sizzle, which like, you got to pay for it. Yeah, no, no. literally. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like, and that was something different for me. And I think that's what I sort of lacked in that first year, which copped a lot of injuries was because like I was new to the whole different yeah. lifestyle and – People, yeah. people don't realize how competitive is yeah. over there. Like you're one in maybe a million in Melbourne, but there's like 25 Jake Brimmers, yeah. you know, in the same city in, exactly. in the UK. Like there's so many people playing football, so much talented players there, which is why I was so impressed that you're able to stay there for three years and grind out because you obviously, it's not about your quality. You know, you've got the quality, but going over there and competing with so many players on the same level and grinding it out must have been so powerful for your game. And one thing I note about English football and probably helped you here is you, you're such an athlete. Yeah. And I reckon a big part of it would have been going there because yep. they, as you said, they train gym so young. Correct. It's such a high intensity pace, no matter what, what sort of age group you're in. Yeah. Um, so is that, has that helped your game? Like, yeah, you, you focus on your athleticism quite a bit by the sound of it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I got to my lowest skin fold there. I probably shouldn't say it in case Papa does hear it. <laughs> oh, don't. <laughs> um, yeah, and that that's helped me massively, obviously, learning that. But I think the biggest thing I took away from the UK was probably the mental side of things because I, I struggled big that's time. That's a good point. Actually, what was, what, what was that like? I well, struggled. I went over on trial and I yeah. capitulated mentally. Yeah, well, I was lucky enough to have mum and dad, so I was mentally ah. struggled still, even with mum and dad there. You know, it was so hard. Like that first year, I didn't make any friends. I had no outside life of football. Like it was just... <laughs> Me versus me, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and that was very difficult. But as the two years went after that went on, like I absolutely loved it. Yeah, like the UK and the city, Liverpool, like it was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> like, absolutely loved it. But it's, yeah, mentally, why well, if it's people don't realize how difficult, you know, like a lot of people outside of football will say, like, why didn't you do it? Why? Yeah. Why didn't you stay over? It's a there? lonely and place, man. It is. Like you know yeah. yourself. Like yeah, you've been over there yourself, and it's. Brutal, it's yeah, it's absolutely brutal. Yeah, I went on trial really? once at Oldham, and the coach said, "Mate, you've trained unbelievable, but we can get a player from Aston Villa on loan." So, yeah, yeah you fuck off. That's like, like, I, like trial, I, just, I think it was Burnley afterwards, Burnley or West Brom. No, it would have been Burnley, and I, I'm pretty sure I scored and had an assist that game. And he said to me, "Like, you're the best trialist we've had." This is the exact <laughs> words: "You're the best trialist we've had, but you're just too small." Oh, so I was you like, knew that before you played yeah. fucking basketball. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Like you're the best trialist we've had it's and just, we'd sign you, but you're too small. Yeah. And I and was like, are you kidding try me? Try and mentally deal with that. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you mean? So what, how do I, what you want me to grow? Like in five exactly. minutes, just fuck off. I hate like that. It was, That's how tough it is though, man. Like, do you yeah. reckon that mental, that experience toughened you up mentally? Yeah. Like, big time. I reckon, and it's credit to your parents as well moving over. Cause at that age, I don't think you can live I on, wouldn't, I wouldn't on residence, gone. right? You can't go nah. without. Uh, having family there, I wouldn't. I would not have gone if it yeah. wasn't for them. I can promise you now. There's oh, no way. Fuck. Shout so out. they, yeah, they they sold the their house at the time. Wow. My oldest brother Chips stayed all home. in, man. My older brother stayed at home. My youngest brother came with me. But yeah, they sold the house and everything. They sacrificed probably more than what I did, to be honest. Shout out to the Brimmer parents. That's amazing. That's what it takes. So people don't realize, yeah. mate, the, the parent side, and you'll probably learn this with your kids now, it's like the sacrifice. Like Ooh, it's yeah. Big respect earned. But what what was the driving force to come back to Australia at the time and maybe not look into the lower leagues or, or fight um, it out at Liverpool? What was honestly, the- I just, I was over, like I had a good contract at Kaiserslautern at the time. I'm pretty sure they were sort of at the top of the table, League Two in the Bundesliga and... Um, there was a few other clubs that were very interested, but I was, I was sort of, you know, like I didn't want to, 
I wanted to play football. Mm. That was my, um, you know, like after three years of in and out and injuries or something like that, I was just so done with like not being secure as such in terms of playing games and stuff like that. So I just wanted to come back and sort of refresh, start fresh. You know, I was in my home country and I just wanted to get back and play football. That was the main reason of me coming well, back. Mate, well, that, that you've done. Yeah. Have you found, did you find the transition to the A-League different? Like obviously we play in the summer. Yeah. It's freaking hot. They're, I mean, the, the, the league at times people don't give enough respect to. Like it's it's a quick league. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Like some of the Aussie players are super talented. I think for me the biggest point was when Popper's first year we played Chelsea. And I remember thinking, like, fuck, this is going to be a difficult, very difficult game. But, like, a lot of the Premier League clubs don't press the way we do. Mm. Like you just said before, it's, like, a very quick. Yeah, it is. Like, in the A-League, like, it's very, like, athleticism. It's pressing. and But then when we play Chelsea, a lot of the times, like, they wouldn't press. And it was mm. more of a sit in a block and then counterattack sort of game. And that sort of shocked me because... Obviously, I had playing in the A League, it was so ba 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 ba, and then the difference between here and there. There's so many different styles of like footballing, whereas like you majority of teams here don't really you know sit off and no, nah, it's, like it's health, just every single team is going bang bang. Yeah, so I think that's probably the biggest difference. It's a good point. Yeah, because I think also you note with some of these, unless they've mentally checked out, but some of these imports that come in with really good careers that don't light up the league tells you that it's not easy, man. No, and that's why you got to put more credit on people's names like yourselves to be able to have the seasons you do. But um, I wanted to to actually just on that, who who for you individually would be do you find the hardest to play against? Like who kind of, you know, checks your game and you find like you've got to be on to to maximize um, performance. But you're kind of comfortable with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, oh, I I can't like individually name like players. I really can't. I'm not think just thinking of obviously based last year. I can't really yeah. talk about previous years, but Well, I can't get near you, so that's a, <laughs> so that's, that's a fair fair response. Yeah, look, I d I don't know. I'm not yeah. too sure. There's obviously a few yeah, but no. don't let them know. Yeah, yeah don't, let them know. don't let them yeah. know. Good, good. I like that. Now I've got actually some bit of mail here that uh, from my fellow friends at Victory. So shout out to those guys for giving me some dirt. I did warn Jakey about this. He goes, "Is it about me?" I said, "No," but it's about <laughs> someone else that you know very well. But apparently, you got a bit of a bromance yes, with certainly. Nick D'Agostino. Now both both played in Perth, obviously Victory as well. Talk to us about that. I think it started way before Perth, to be honest. Did it? I remember. I'd like under 12s. I can't remember what it was. You guys it was played like, together that young. Yeah, it was, oh, what was the, remember like when you were younger, you'd go to like a Queensland and you'd play like a tournament. Primary schools, the Victorian primary school. Oh, Gold Coast Cup? No. Yeah. Oh no, I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It was uh, like all the state teams. And oh it, yeah. Well, if you, what, through when you were still in primary yeah, school. Yeah, so it was like Victoria versus Queensland. Yeah, there's Victorian primary was. schools team. The oh, primary okay. school. Well, yeah, I think yeah, nationals, was, whatever. Yeah, was. nationals, whatever it was. And yeah. Yeah. We had met then. So that's when uh, it like sort uh, of started then. So like. That's I, mental. You know, we've sort of been like family friends as such since then. And it's just grown and grown. And like to this day, like we're still like. Little bro, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Are you guys, you'd be same age then. He's twenty four. Yeah, yeah. twenty four. Yeah, Fuck both twenty four. He actually, when he moved here, stayed with me and my family. I heard about this. Well. So this is where the other oh, apparently he's got a very vibrant aroma. <laughs> is what I've been told. Elaborate. What do you want? <laughs> ah, he's a bit smelly. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? Oh, I can't. I'm not throwing my uh, sources under the bus. But it's like, look, if you look at him, he comes across as that. But, but he's not. He's not. No, oh, he's the mail's not. wrong. Yes. Oh well, there you Who go. Sorry, it? daggers. <laughs> I'll take you off camera so I don't blare about it. But uh. Dag- or congrats also to Daggers and, and Ben for um, 
you know, obviously the seasons they had and getting called up to the Socceroos. That I think for me, that's what that's what probably got me the most. I'm like, they're there. Then Jakey's got to go as well. Yeah. But I'm sure you were happy to see them oh, get, a, get a birth you know, as well. Like both of them definitely deserve to, yeah. to be there. Like you've seen what Benny was capable of Man, doing. One-on-one, on one, when he's on, on you, can't oh, you can't stop him. him. You can't. Yeah, it's like you know it's coming. And but he doesn't look like the strong type, I promise you, when he's putting his arm out across you, really? it's, it's hard to, yeah. He's very yeah. strong, and obviously Nick, being my boy, like I don't want to talk too much about him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had a great he, year, he man. Did. He did. The impact he made on the team, you know, the goals he scored as well, you know, were top, like top, top goals. Do you know what I reckon? His, Pop- his one, Adelaide one, was close to my one against um, oh, yeah. Western United the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Good. That's true. Not as good. Not as good. The um, You know what? This is why I think Pop is so smart. I think the signing of Tommy is just going to push daggers to a new level oh, yeah. too. Because it's 100%. Like when you've got competition, man, you've got to, you've got to play time. better. And you know, like these pre-seasons, you can't nah. not play bad and expect to play with no, Popper. You've got exactly to fucking right. be on every day. You have day. to work and you have to prove to why you should be playing, 100%. And that will, you know, whoever plays, you know, they're both good players and they're both going to be pushing for a spot. So yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Well, let's just talk about this year for, for the season. What, what for you would be, I guess, a good season and something you'd be happy on, like you obviously want to increase your goals, assist, maybe get a Socceroos call up. All those things are they are they the things brewing in your mind? Are you yeah. kind of like a day by day kind of guy? I think um, no, definitely goals and assist, um, and obviously that Socceroo call up is something that you know I'm going to be very pushing forward to because you know that's something I really really want, and yeah. I I won't stop until I get it. So <laughs> yeah, I'll be working very hard for that. But I think the Premiership. Um, I think that's probably the only thing I haven't won in Australia now. So yeah, fuck, that's not bad at twenty four. So I need to. I really want that premiership, and you know, with especially under the boss as well for him, because you know what he's done for this club and what he's done in the league in the country is, you know, he deserves it. Yeah, so. I, I, mate, I couldn't agree more. I just want to. There's a few quick fire questions. We've got some some fans to round us out, but um, I just want to talk about like playing with Rye, um, Martian, because I, why <laughs> is he funny? Was, did I say his yeah. name? No, Ray Rye. Yeah. He's a funny yeah. guy, man. I love him. I spoke to him on Victory TV and then <laughs> we've both got friends at Concave, but okay. I love, I love his, um, style of play. And just for like, particularly people that can find you in space, yeah. you're, you're, pretty reliant on the the service you get in the areas for you to be damaging yes. at times. Um, how's that been for you? Like obviously having Joshy and, and Rye there and then you've obviously got it's Roderick. A, for and, me, it's the per- the perfect two in yeah. the field, you know, because you've got someone hustle like Joshy that can hustle up and down, you know, make the box and then recover back. And then you have Ray that absolutely, like he do, you don't realize how much balls he wins, like yeah. in the middle of the park. Like he sweeps up everything, but then he's technical yeah. passes as well, finds me in small spaces which you know a lot of people in the a-league won't play but he obviously trusts me and with someone on me he will he'll play and i think them two is the perfect miss uh perfect mix i should say yeah yeah you know like speaking on ray on an individual like basis he is not only a good footballer, but he's probably the funniest. He's guy the nicest guy ever, eh? Everyone picks on him. But <laughs> Apparently, he's, he's got shocking fashion. Him, so. Apparently, the, I saw him on yeah, the picture, <laughs> and I was like, "That's why I was laughing." I almost went into that. bat for him. It's like, yeah, but I'd rather have your dancing feet under the lights, mate. No, but only the football people would appreciate his game, I think, because he's he's so tidy and clean. Yeah. And everything happens quite quick, so Correct. you don't really zone in on him too much. But he's he's a very effective player. But just for some fan questions now, this this will be a bit of fun. But who who in training? Is uh, I guess who's the best trainer at Victory, outside of yourself? This year, uh, yeah, let's go this year. Yeah, probably Josh Belante in Joshy terms of boy. like his work rate and you know his ability to run. <laughs> like yeah. he can, he just doesn't stop running. Like that guy could just run all day. That's so like in terms of hardworking trainer, he just looks Joshy. like a guy that won't like he could run for a hundred miles or yeah. something like oh. his beard and shit. He's he's. Fuck. 
Yeah. Just can't, he just doesn't stop running. Like, you look at him and he's just never tired. I, I've played with Josh as a kid. I've never seen him play like a terrible, I've never really yeah. seen him play a stinker. Literally. Like, he might not play a 10 out of 10, but he'll never play a bad game. Yeah. Like, he's so consistent. Um, who, for you, was your football idol growing up? Honestly, it would not only because I got his top, but it would have to be Iniesta. Iniesta really? Was Xavi, yeah. Yeah. I used to be big on watching because obviously I love the way Barca play. And they were at the peak probably through your childhood, yeah, huh? Massively. So I'd say them too because I love the way they play. Like yeah. you, you got a player that never loses the ball and a player that can just create anything out of, well, both of them. You know what? They're yeah, both the same player. It's like, hard to pick, man. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like Xavi could do what Iniesta does, but Correct. Xavi just doesn't want to. Yeah. Like he just moves. Like, like he'll do it when he has to do it. Yeah. But, do you know like, what I mean? Sort of. Does the simple thing first. Yeah, which bothers me because I'm like, how talented is this guy? It's He's trying not to be man. talented. It's ridiculous. Um, who, who for you has been, I guess, a pinch yourself moment or one of the best players you've played against when you stood next to on the pitch? I know you played against Iniesta, so we might silence that one. But outside of that. Played with? Played with or against. Okay, so I had a friendly against, uh, I think it was Norwich at the time. But it was for the first team, and Stevie G had just come back from injury, so I was lucky enough to play next to him, which was played with Stevie yeah, G. Yeah, like he just came back from injury, and <laughs> I think it was against Norwich. It was at Melwood at the time, which is where the first team train, and like I think it was one or two other players as well. I can't remember if it was Sacco or Balotelli. One of them were just coming back from injury as well, so they. Over there, you know, you got teams that will play you left, right, and center. So you get if you're not playing, you'll get games. And if you're right. coming back from injury, they'll chuck a game on for you. So wow. like Stevie was just coming back and then they needed players to come up from like the under eighteens and twenty threes and we got to play next to him. So I have to say probably Stevie. Yeah. That's unbelievable. What was that day like? What was that experience? Was it just crazy? Unbelievable. You oh. would have been so I would have been fucking fuck, Stevie. I was so yeah, nervous. Stevie, here's a ball. I was so nervous, man. <laughs> the fuck. I was so nervous. And Diego Castro, I must say. Diego Oh well, I don't know. Yeah. Melbourne put we don't appreciate him as much because we were we were here yeah. and he did damage to us. But mate, he was I think he's probably I would say him maybe the best import in A League yep. history. Like I really think that. I mean I know I, the I'll like just for consistency for output. I know he wasn't as big as Del Piero, maybe Shinjiono yeah. or whatever when they came, but... Mate, he could create anything yeah. from anything. And you like know what? Anywhere. It's a, it's like a general consensus across players internally in the A-League. Yeah. Talk about how good he was. Oh, Same but not only bit. like as a player, like he was such a good person. Was he really? Like, yeah, I still message him now. Oh, and he's such a, such a, a good, genuine person, beautiful family, and what a football player. What a lad. Oh, oh well, mate, Jakey Brimmer, I tell you what, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Appreciate mate. It. You're a champion, champion on the field, but also off it, mate. And I'm looking forward for another big year for you. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Are you a podcaster? Maybe you've got that big idea and you're looking for a network to join. The multi-award winning Ozcast Network can get your content to eyes and ears all over the world. Join now for the first month free and you could be featuring this sound at the beginning of your podcast. Ozcast. Simply head to ozcastnetwork.com for details.